The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. One of the things we pride ourselves on here at The Adventure Jogger, and when I say we, who do I mean? I mean, I mean me and Stafford and my wife, that's pretty much the, the staff that, that that runs the ship. But one of the things we pride ourselves on is what our mission statement is. Every runner has a story. You don't always need to be talking to the people at the front of the pack. Sometimes they have great stories, but people all over the pack have great stories. And this guy has some stories to share. From Rochester, New York, Andrew Stackhouse. You can find him on YouTube. Stack runs far. Andrew Stackhouse, Welcome to the Adventure Jogger, my friend. Well, thanks, Ryan, for that introduction. Um, I got to say, this is like the best podcast ever. I've been listening to it for a couple of years. So honored to be here, man. Thank you. I was made aware. Um, someone tagged me in a post on Facebook. You know, it was a beautiful post. said, you know, great night. I'm outside on the deck with my wife listening to the Adventure Jogger podcast hosted by Ryan Pluckerman. What what could be even better? And I saw people in there posting saying like jogger podcast, like it's a dirty word. And, and one of the commenters said um, that the podcast would come up as a recommendation, adventure jogger. And they were insulted that someone would recommend a jogging podcast and then they actually listened. <laughs> so, so if you've made it past the J word, welcome aboard, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate uh, the love for all those years, Andrew. Let's, before we get into some of your, your fun, most recent and romantic uh, trail running endeavors, kind of take us back. Give us a little bit of that Stackhouse story. How did Andrew Stackhouse find the sport of running and, more specifically, ultra running? Well, I uh, dabbled with the sport back in 2008. Um, you know, I ran a couple of uh, 5Ks. I had a girlfriend that was into it. And mm-hmm. She got me going into it, and I used to smoke about a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. So I actually um, smoked two cigarettes before my first 5K. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I actually blazed an 8.30 pace out of that um, somehow. Wow. Um, for me, that was that was good. Yeah. You know, I, um, so I wasn't the most healthy individual at the time, but, uh, you know, so I kind of did a couple of races, you know, that year and then I put it down and I didn't even touch it again till, uh, what was it? 2013. Uh, but there's a little story to that. Okay. Um, I actually, um, was partying really hard with some guys, uh, that used to, you know, that lived in my building at the time. And so Rochester had an old subway system, uh, you know, that used to run through the city. And then now it's a bunch of ruins. There's homeless people living down there. You got graffiti all over the place. But people go in there and they kind of mess around, whatever. And uh, me and this guy thought it'd be a good idea to kind of put on headlamps three in the morning after we've been drinking all night and uh, go check it out. Um, Needless to say, I don't remember much on the way back. and I ended up breaking my neck and I broke my back in three places, lacerated my uh, kidney. I think it was my left kidney. I don't remember at the time. I think it was the left one. Um, and also my liver and I broke a rib. So my lungs were kind of, you know, kind of, kind of in a bad way. 
So. Wow. It seems for whatever reason, this podcast seems to attract people who have broke their back. I think you're the fourth person we've had on who's who's broke their back. How in the hell did you do all of that in the subway, Andrew? <laughs> Good question, right? So believe it or not, like there's a there's a crack in the ground, like over this area that we were jumping across this like, construction fence. Yeah. So there was a there's a restaurant there called the Dinosaur. Yeah. Barbecue place or whatever. And so I jump over and that's the last thing I remember. Apparently I fell about 25 to 30 feet down this thing and somehow ended up on my, like, I don't even know how it happened. I just have flashes of like this guy that I went with. He went around, somehow got around it and was like surprised I was in the subway in that area because he would have been further out. Yeah. And I was like, I just jumped straight through, shortcutted the whole thing. Right. So he's like, how the hell did you get here? And He's telling me this in hindsight because I went, I'm out of it. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like you see a movie and you see like the cut reels. I'm like in and out of it going down the street. And this guy's like trying to get me back to the, the apartment. Um, so this guy puts me into a into my bed, well, my couch in the living room, right? And just leaves me there. Some friend. So I I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I wake up the next morning, I'm really sore. Yeah. I don't really remember much. It's kind of messed up because I'm like, well, I'm going to go out and have a smoke. <laughs> so I got up <laughs> and I actually went downstairs and out the door and had a cigarette, came back upstairs and I'm like, wow, my toe is like really bruised, you know? Yeah. So I put like, you know, frozen peas on my foot and I'm just like, all right, I'm good. You know? And I took a <laughs> some leave and I'm like, all right, I even worked a shift from home. Um, yeah. So like the next day I realized, yeah, there's something not right here. Like the left side of my stomach's like pushing out something weird going on. So I, I called a friend of mine. He, he uh, you know, came over and took me to the ER. And so I went in there and they did all these tests and everything, CAT scans and who knows what. And I ended up having uh, all these issues. So I'm lucky to be here for one thing. So Wow. I'm sure when the doctor came in the, the room, he was like, do you, do you know that um, – you broke your back and there's various other things and uh you, you may need a little more treatment than a bag of frozen peas on your foot and then a couple of leaves exactly so that was around <laughs> that was around uh valentine's day in uh you know in, in february of 2012 so i uh I had a rough go there for a bit. So were, were you still with the gal that got you into running at that point where you'd smoke cigarettes and run five K's with her? <laughs> no, that was long gone. Right. Okay. Okay. Gone. All right. Gotcha. All right. So, so here you are, you're a mess. You are a mess, Andrew. Here you are, uh, recovering from all these multiple injuries. You dabbled in running four years earlier because of a woman uh, and the need to smoke. It's <laughs> right. like you're the only like most 5Ks people are warming up and there's old Stackhouse going like, hey, can I bomb a light? Can I bomb a light? Anybody got a light here? Puffing out two cigarettes and then throwing down 820 miles after a couple of puffs. What what after you recover from all these injuries? brings you in back into the world of running it's kind of interesting um just generally after that experience i was laid up for like three or four months i didn't have to have surgery a lot of people had to have like spinal surgery stuff yeah. somehow I, I managed to get through it i dropped about two inches in height which is weird because it compressed my spine right yeah so 
Yeah. I was 5'11 at the time. Now I'm 5'9. So living with that. Yeah. I'm just happy to be alive. Anyway, so on top of all this, I'm just like having a reckoning, man. I'm like, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just like happy to be like out. And so everything was real vivid for like a while. Yeah. And I just realized a few months later after I made like a pretty much a full recovery, a little stiff. But in the summer, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start running. I'm going to quit smoking. And I'm going to just change this all around and just get on with it. And so that's what I did. I actually quit smoking um, after that. I'm, what, 10 years free right now so of smoking. So um, that's behind me. I started to run. And then, so that brought me to 2013 when I just started to you know dabble in more of these 5Ks and stuff. And, and I started to get into half marathons. Um, and then I started to go into the marathon and yeah. then from there. Did, did you quit cold turkey with, with the, the smoking? I kind of had to because I was in the trauma unit of the ER. So they gave me a patch. <laughs> so, yeah, it was short lived, man. It was probably the best thing that could ever happen. <laughs> like, hey, listen, buddy, you, you can't smoke in the hospital. We're kind of against that. Every person that works here <laughs> is kind of against that. Our boss, right. the Surgeon General, is kind of like, no, this is a bad, this is a bad deal. They even have a warning on the pack, the pack of cigarettes. So <laughs> yep. you make that transition. And was it a was it a 5K wasn't enough, 10K wasn't enough, and so you tried a half marathon, try a marathon. When when for you did you discover that there was a world beyond marathon running? Um, it would probably have been uh, 2014, 2015. I started to run with a local running group mm-hmm. um, at, a, at a running store. Um, and so there were some local races that were going on that were further than what I had done previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember one time on a Wednesday, I show up to this run group and I'm like, okay, this is great. We run for an hour, you know, okay, that's cool. And then the next time I show up, they're doing a scavenger hunt type of thing where it's like, you got to run all these miles. Long story short, I ran like eight miles. I was the slowest dude out there and I end up like, you know, so sore from this thing. I ended up taking an ice bath when I got back home. So yeah. I dumped two 18 pound bucket or uh, bags of ice in the, into the tub. And I got in like waist high for like 12 minutes with this, this bath of yeah. ice water. And I screamed like a little girl. I <laughs> God. Awful. The worst thing ever. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, I ended up like meeting my future wife, um, at the, at these run, uh, groups and stuff. And she was actually with another guy that was, you know, uh, at the run group. So I just kind of was like hanging out with her and like everybody else. And I just wanted to make some small talk with her. Right. Her name's Nicole. And, uh, yeah, I remember we were around the, uh, the Gatorade cooler, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I remember, uh, trying to make any kind of conversation I could with her. So the only thing I could think of to say was just, I don't know. I walked up to her and I was getting a, another refill and I go, Hey, she goes, Hey, I said, you know, it'd be pretty cool if they put vodka in this. (laughs) And uh, she laughed and then we ended up uh, hitting it off after that. And then I think I saw her a week after that and I said the same exact thing to her. And that was bad. Yeah. You're kicking around lines in your head. Like you, man, you know, I should impress this gal. I'm going to go up to her right now and say, Hey, you know, I used to do for fun, smoke two cigs and then throw down eight twenty miles to the local 5k. What do you say? We do that tonight, but cut out the cigarettes. Let's do some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And, and and I love hearing people's stories of of just finding running. And some a lot of people will find it on their own. And and some people will continue on that that solitary journey of running. But I, I love it when people just drop like, okay, I went to a run group. 
I just decided I'm going to just, just try this run, this local run group. And it is, I love these stories of incredible friendships, relationships, new people, all coming out of these run clubs, these Tuesday night run from a bar, get some tacos at the end, just people kind of talking with each other and getting to know each other because usually it's people that are bad influence and it'll be like, Hey, have you ever heard of ultras? Um, but I just, I love how these, how these relationships are formed in these, just these, these simple exercises of people just showing up at the same time at the same place and just putting down some miles together. Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. So, you know, that's, uh, that's how it started. Um, and I really just wanted to impress her. So I was like, Hmm, what can I do? So I just started to run like all these different races. Um, uh, I started to run. Um, so my first trail marathon was a local one here called Muddy Sneaker. Yeah, um, it's like fourteen-ish miles, and it's got a insane amount of climbing. And then there's like two miles at the end, like one and a half, two-ish miles. Yeah, it's just like straight up, and uh, they call it the demoralizer. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm doing this whole thing, and that was great. And then I'm like, well, you know, I should try this thing called Many on the Jenny, which is a local forty-miler that goes around Letchworth State Park up here. Yeah. Um, they call it the Grand Canyon of the East. So all these scenic views and stuff, I can do that. And so I start doing that. And then I signed up for my first 100K, which was Twisted Branch, which is on the Bristol Hills branch that goes from, uh, you know, the highest point in, in Ontario County. Um, and it goes all the way to Hammondsport on Cayuca Lake here in New York, which is 64 yeah. ish miles. Yeah. I did that twice. Um, so I did all these different things and I kept like doing them. My first actual uh, ultra race was a 50K in Hyder, Pennsylvania. So I did the Hyder Trail Challenge. Yeah, yeah. And I've done that a couple times. Um, that's probably my favorite race of any of them. I just love the views there. A lot of people out east say that. And the, the, I think that's that's a, that the kind of shows in the fact that that race will put 1,500 people at the starting line, have enough support on the course for all those people. That's important. And then it sells out in seconds. I mean, anytime you can get a race like that, that many people and it sells out in seconds that tells you that that's a pretty darn good race all the way around so all of this andrew to just impress a woman pretty much (laughs) (laughs) there's a pattern here the the, the 5k gal and and then and then this current one you said that she was with another fella when you first met her at what point did she drop the zero and get with the hero (laughs) Um, it's all a blur, I gotta tell you, but it had to have been like right after that, uh, you know, water cooler incident there and just hitting her up. It was New Year's Eve, actually, is when it happened. It was, we were chatting on like Messenger, Facebook yeah. Messenger, and I had too much to drink. She had too much to drink. We're like, hey, let's ring in the new year. And I was just like, I'm gonna hit you up because I see you posted on some stuff or whatever. And it was at that point, it was just like, ever since then, we've been kind of inseparable. So. She knew, you know, she was, she was going to that group run with that other guy and, and she would always say like, man, I wish she'd make a sweet joke. Like, man, this Gatorade would be better, better if there was vodka in it. And That's then right. you answered her prayers. You really did put on display the fact that you were lacking. He was lacking in the, in the great pickup line department. And here comes old Stackhouse sneaking in with that vodka line. Yeah. You got to have that stack move for her. So. <laughs> That's what did it. So is she joining you on some of these adventures or is this, you're kind of going out and doing these races and going like, Hey baby, I just ran a hundred K. What do you think of that? (laughs) Well, she's helped me. Um, She's been my, my total crew support. 
Um, you know, she's helped pace me in certain events, uh, you know, like the Twisted Branch and some other stuff. Um, and then, yeah, she's just been great that way. Um, she's always there. I know I can tell you right now, just to tell you what's coming up, we're going to be attempting the, uh, you know, labs here in the summer. And she got in and I also got in. So we're going to do it together. We're going to oh, team it up. Okay. So we have a let's let's not forget to bring that back up a little later on we're a little out of order on where i want it yes. to go but that's going to come up in, in, in just a minute so you're having these adventures so much so that you go over to europe last mm-hmm. summer and you're running utmb yep i did the tds over there yes yeah, so the tds is the 145 kilometer yeah, race. the ninety miler. Yeah, yeah. In, in the in the series there, you go over there. Was that your first time running in Europe? Yes. What was that like? I can't even really describe it in less than like a few paragraphs. It was completely well. The amazing. fact that I, I try to keep these things at an hour. We're only sixteen <laughs> minutes in, Andrew. So please just go ahead. I'll stop you if we get if we get too far. <laughs> sure. It was just unbelievable. Uh, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Those mountains are there are just majestic. It's, it's just incredible. You know, you, you end up going into this area. It's called Chamonix mm-hmm. uh, in France. And it's just this valley. And then you've got these two mountains on each side. One's Bravant mountain. And the other one is uh, obviously with Mont Blanc up there and the Guy du Midi and they're snow capped. And you got like this river that runs through it. It's like fed by glacier water. It's just, it's like this bluish gray water. Yeah. And it's like super cold and it's, just awesome um and just to be over there with all that vertical i gotta tell you ryan i come from sea level man so yeah. everything over there is three thousand feet and higher just starting yeah so i'm just below what 500 feet i think so yeah. um you know anyway so I, I i totally just was taken aback by First of all, the amount of people that just descend on this place in like a short period of time, there was like 10,000 runners in this place. Yeah. But my, my race was TDS, which is the second in the series. There's like seven races. Mm-hmm. So um, there wasn't as many people there as there was, say, at the end of the weekend for UTMB. But that wasn't to say there wasn't a lot of people. There, there yeah. was a lot of people there. And it was just cool to be a part of that. I actually felt it felt bigger than what it was to me. It wasn't like running anything I've ever run before. It, it just felt big time. I've heard that from lots of people that have gone over there and, and ran it that, you know, here we'll run a race. Like probably when you ran Twisted Branch, the people in the towns where you started and finished had no idea what was going on. They're like, is there, th- there's a bunch of skinny people with beards. What's going on? They wouldn't even know. <laughs> but I hear that, that the Chamonix, especially where around those UTMB races, I mean, the whole town get turns out for this thing. This is a huge deal for the whole town you see that a, a, a bit in in western states and you see it a bit in leadville but i've i've heard from many people i've i've not been over there i'm just going by the stories that i've i've heard that it is it is unlike anything we experience here in the states the way chamonix treats those races yeah it's i i can't imagine anything bigger obviously i haven't seen everything yet but it'd be hard pressed to, to beat that experience. It was unbelievable. And, you know, TDS starts in Cormier, Italy. So just across goes through the, you know, go through the tunnel of Mont Blanc and, you know, half hour later or so you're over there. And, um, those people are amazing as well. In fact, it's even, it's even cooler in a sense. Cause I, I think it's really a, a small town, obviously. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, 
you can just tell the whole turn the whole town just turns out for it and they're just like so into it man and they have these cowbells on that are like you know i don't know bigger than some of the people out there clapping them yeah and they're just yelling and screaming and they just love it and it, it's hard not to get emotional it's hard not to get pumped up about it it's just unbelievable experience man it has to be pretty cool and electric is it is it a different starting line experience when you're oh, yeah. getting your corral there and, and there's there's a big crowd cheering, because again, I'm just gonna gonna contrast it with what we have here in the States, where most races is the RD, uh, the RD's buddy, everybody who's running the races and their crews. And the, and the RD would be like, okay, guys, you're ready to sign? Okay, everybody line up. We'll get started here in a minute. But it, I think with the crowd and the cheering, it has to be unlike anything else. Yeah, and what's interesting because it was a COVID year, um, which was hard anyway. I, first of all, I, I was one of like a two or three Americans in the actual race. Oh, wow. It was so hard for us to get over there. Yeah. Um, so that felt like a big responsibility. But I was, uh, they, they actually did it in waves. So uh, there were, I think, five waves, if I'm correct. It's hard to remember now. I was in the fourth wave. Yeah, second to last wave. And it's like anywhere else you go, they put the signs up with the, the numbers on your bed, right? So yeah. whatever number to whatever number, you're in that corral. So we show up there. It actually started to rain a little bit, which was kind of like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting in this corral, and they're supposed to start off the corrals every 15 minutes. So it starts at 4 p.m., um, and we're supposed to start every 15 minutes till 5. Everybody's off. Um, well, it didn't kind of go like that. It was kind of like every 5 or 10 minutes, they started them off, and we're like sprinting up around like the hill to the start area, and you had to be like quick because they're just like, come on, let's go, guys. And right. Like, you know, All right, here we go. And I'm trying to film it too. I got a GoPro going and everything else. And I'm like, um, I think it's a false start. I got to wait a minute. You know, Nicole, my fiance now is like coming up next to me and she's like, oh, uh, you know, I don't think this is your wave. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a big whirlwind. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And you, you can hear the start from the other group that just went and it's nuts. There's a helicopter flying overhead. It's <laughs> insane. It's just like whatever is going on. It's just like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. Uh, so we end up going up and I, you can kind of tell now it's getting to be serious. Um, so I start, I don't know, like maybe three quarters of the way back from the beginning of the, of the start line or whatever. And with these races, it's awesome because they, they pump music super loud. So you're listening to like the symphony music. That's just like the most epic stuff you've ever heard in your life. And that's the race start music. And you're just like, wow, this is like, I mean, I was tearing up a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's it's just amazing. I can't even explain it. I have a video that I put out that kind of highlights some of that. But you, you just had to be there to experience that music in the beginning. And then they do the countdown. And it's all in, in uh, Italian, you know, and they count it down and then it just it goes. And you're just all of a sudden you're off. It's like any other start of a race, except there's like five, six, seven people deep or something going around the corner, you know, going up into the town. Meanwhile, it's on a, like a 10% grade the entire time. It's it's insane. It's it, unbelievable. That's amazing. You go go check out Andrew's channel, Stack Runs Far. It's on YouTube, and you can see the video of some of the things he's, he's talking about and experience that starting line experience, UTMB's TDS race. Um, when you're over there running, this was your first race in Europe. One of the great things about ultra running here and everywhere, I mean, just ultra running in general, is the relationships you make with the runners along the course and how you will spend some miles with someone that you'd never met before and friendships can come out of that. Was it, you were probably only, a, you were said of one of three Americans. What is it like racing when against, racing with people 
that you may not speak the same language with. It's challenging a little bit, but you just nod your head. A lot of people say bonjour. There's a lot of French people in the race. Yeah. Um, everybody has a bib that has the the country, the flag of the country on their bib. Mm -hmm. So and your name on it. So you yeah. kind of tell um, a lot of the Italians and the French will sit, kind of stick to themselves. I found a girl from the UK that had run like hurt 100. So I was chatting with her going up the, you know, the first part of the course and getting to know her a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so what you'll have is like, it's insane climbing in this man. I mean, it's like, I think it's 10% grade from the start and then it just gets worse. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a lot of climb. And so when, when the shit gets real and you're really climbing, um, I, you know, got the poles out, we're all just doing our thing. And, I remember having to stop like once or twice just to catch my breath a little bit because there's just nothing that gets you ready for this over right. there. Um, yeah. Like we don't have that kind of vert here like that. So um, did my best. And I remember stopping a couple times and there were a couple guys behind me and around me that were like, Andrew, keep going. You got this, Andrew. Keep going because they're reading my bib. Number yeah. And, and, and my name on there and the country I'm from. And I'm telling them, hey, man, you know, I, I live at like below 500 you know, feet of sea level. They're like, ha, ah, they're laughing. They're like, oh, this is like the easy climb, man. I'm like, yeah, I get that. So, but it was cool. You know, you got to talk to a lot of different people there. Uh, but to be honest with you, it was a grind for a while. And so a lot of people were just kind of to themselves a little bit, you know. Yeah. So views wise, you're in the Alps. I mean, it has to be unlike anything you've seen running out on the Beast Coast, at least. Well, you know how it is in the Beast Coast. You can't kind of see things when you you're up. You can't see shit. That's no. the truth. You go, you, you spend, you just spent an hour climbing. You get to the top and what do you see? You may see some things through trees and that's it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, Ryan. Uh, the first six miles was about uh, 4,000 feet of climb. Mm -hmm. So yeah. once, you, once you get up to the very top of the first, after the first checkpoint, uh, you, you're climbing up the mountain and you get, on the ridge and you can see the view of Mont Blanc and the entire ridge line. It, it's just insane. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And like, I just can't, I can't even fathom what it would even compare to. It was unreal. Incredible. Um, you know, you, you got a Valley below you, you're on a ridge, you got these incredible peaks over to the right of you. Some, uh, you know, they're not snow capped on that side, which is interesting. It's the Italian side. It's just more of like a rock look, you know, Yeah. but they were just, just massive. Um, and as someone pointed out, as I was coming, you know, cause there's people that, that can be on the, obviously it's the TMB. So they're just coming down, yeah. uh, some hikers and they're like, oh, this view is shit, you know? And, and I'm like, oh really? And they're like, yeah, it gets better, way better about like two miles from here. I'm like, oh, okay. It was like the best thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. I'm like, this is Mont Blanc up there. What, what do you mean it's shit? You know? <laughs> so I was like, wow, you know, and it was cool. And then all these like flowers, these wildflowers, nothing you'd ever see unless you went in with your two feet, man. It was just so real. That's very cool. At some point, you had decided that, you know, it's Europe. It's near Chamonix. You're going to be Italy. You're going to be, you know, hanging out, Austria. You go, you know, you're, you're, you're hanging out in Europe. You're running this race. You decide at some point to pop the question to this gal who you wooed with the epic line, I wish there was vodka in this Gatorade. How did that all go down? Well, let me clarify. This actually happened before I started the race for the you know, TDS. Yeah, just, just, yeah, give us the whole story here. Well, so we actually started in Paris and like hung out. And then we took a train that went down to Chamonix. And you have to realize I had to 
to conceal this ring right through not only american security but uh going over to uh you know charles de gaulle in paris where you know so there's another checkpoint there yeah and i'm just hoping they're not going to like question me about it standing right there you know? right but, so i had the ring hidden like a like a sunglass case that i had wrapped up in some stuff and you know uh the hotel we stayed at obviously they have like a you know um like a like a like a safe and i'm like i'm just gonna put some stuff in here hon uh you know <laughs> never asked for the code i'm like i'll, I'll get it out if you need it you know right, so right, she thought right. that was strange right right she thought it was strange but i was like all right i can you know this is working so um get it all the way down to chamonix it's like an eight hour ride on the on the train and everything else we get an airbnb there i tuck it away mm-hmm. um so i think it was like a day later two days later we went up the um a gita midi so there's a there's a gondola we took up and there's a place there called step into the void at the very top it's like twelve and a half thousand feet up it it basically when you look out you see mont blanc which is the highest mountain in western europe in the alps right yeah, there yeah. boom super ethereal awesome views um so this this glass case called uh you know step into the void they have you put on these slippers and stuff and then you kind of like have a thousand foot drop you're looking right below you know and it's, she doesn't like heights so she's all nervous about it she's like oh my god you took me up to the eiffel tower now this you know yeah okay. yeah i was working her my way up you know so there was a girl there that uh basically you know like directed us in gave us our slippers and stuff and i kind of was like hey you know i got i got this ring i'm gonna propose it's like oh wow you know so she's yeah. all into it and i'm like okay okay so Nicole goes in to the step into the void, the glass area, and I, she's just overwhelmed by that, right? So it was like the perfect cover, right? Yeah. And I go in there, and I said, you know, there's a reason I brought you up here. And actually, we, what's cool about this is we didn't know about it at the time, but the girl actually switched her phone because they take pictures for you. She switched it to video, so the whole thing's on video. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm like, I brought you to the top of this, you know, and I told, told you there'd be a reason um will you do me the honor marry me and i got down on my knee and that's how that went down totally caught her off guard there's people behind us i feel bad for all of them because we waited like an hour and a half just to get in there right and i'm like there's everybody's speaking different languages i'm like the only american we're the only americans in there right and they're just cheering for us i'm getting high fives from the dudes on going on the way out i mean it's just cool you know couldn't have couldn't have done any better couldn't have planned it any better. And uh, it's one of those moments when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, bitches, hold my beer. <laughs> that, that was, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Was it harder to plan for the proposal or was it harder to plan for the uh, UTMB TDS? I'm going to go with the safe answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was it was hard, man. It, both, both were equally as difficult. Um, in that regard, but the I pressure is, I mean, though, the thing is you lose that ring. It's all over. You lose yeah. a pair of shoes. You can go to store and buy another pair of shoes there and they got running stuff coming out of their ears, you know? True. Um, plus I wanted to make sure I, uh, you know, did it before I got, you know, in case I got banged up, say, you know, exactly. something happens to me. Exactly. You want to look good for the, the pictures. You, know? you do not want to be chafing out of your nipples and you know, bleeding, looking like you're, you know, the the you're you're breastfeeding the devil's spawn, and when you're proposing, you don't want those pictures. No, that's not ideal. No. <laughs> so so she started the trip as just your girlfriend. The race starts. She's your fiance, but she's she's crewing you this whole time. Is there 
Is there an added sense of pride now that her fiance is tackling these big mountains as opposed to just her boyfriend? I don't really know, Ryan. I can tell you this, that uh, I think she was really proud of me. Um, and I could hear her screaming at me when I was going around. She has one of the loudest lungs I've ever heard on a girl. You can hear her coming like eight miles out of an aid station. Give her a cowbell. She's good, man. Like she's a fantastic. She's awesome. So obviously they, they can't crew you when you're in this race. It's self-supported, right? Yeah. So I, that was the last I saw of her. And, you know, she was dedicated to seeing me uh, at, you know, the, the nearest checkpoint that she could see me, which was like, I don't know, like the three up. Yeah, um, St. Bernard area. And uh, but I know she was proud. I know she was proud. I think part of her wishes she was in it and doing it, too. Um, maybe part of her was like, wow, you're just a crazy son of a bitch. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but either way, that's a win. Yeah. But obviously, she's an ultra runner herself. Has she done a lot of races, too? Have you guys kind of started teaming up and doing races together? Unfortunately, no, because she got she's, she's been played with injuries the last few years. So yeah. she hasn't been able to do as much as she's been wanting to she tried triathlons for a little bit uh anything she could do but she's she's uh been battling she broke her ankle last year when we were doing some training together yeah. and doing some stuff and um that set her back pretty much like three months uh, yeah. four months so she she was out of the game there so we're just hoping you know that she's doing good now and we can kind of kind of go forward at this point but um now she's been she's been plagued i've had a couple things too but you know um just how it goes right you decide at some point that you you're, you want to do together the last annual Vol State 500K. We've talked about, I think we're the only podcast that gives that race the attention that it deserves. I mean, people throw around a lot of races for the toughest foot race. I've heard bad water over and over and over again. I would argue, and I have talked to people who have done both, Vol State maybe tougher than bad water. It's farther. It's more than double the distance. And it has humidity where, yes, 115 degrees is hot. No one's going to argue that. But 98 degrees with 90% humidity is an entirely different ball game. I always it blows my mind that that race gets overlooked by so many of 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 the tra- of the trail and all training media and how it's kind of a shock for some people like wait a minute there's a race that what a 500k what is this thing so you decide the both of you before you've even tied the knot to tackle one of the toughest foot races on planet earth together might as well jump in both feet first, man. <laughs> is this is this a trial run of your marriage? Are you thinking like if we can make it through this, we can make it through anything? I think we can if we can do this. Yes, um, that's provided she doesn't throw me into a ditch here and there. It's entirely possible. We're in an oncoming traffic, but other than that, yeah, I think this is going to be what's going to what's going to make it, man. Make it or break it. No, I'm kidding. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, how are you training for that now together? Um, we're trying to get out together to do some, a lot of walking time on feet running. Um, I decided I, I have more time during the day cause I mm. work from home. Yeah. So I'm just doing 10 mile days walking, running. I'm doing 70 mile weeks. Just started to do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she's been doing a lot of different things as well, uh, in terms of the walking and the running game. So anytime we get together, like tonight, we just ran together, um, and did some walking as well. So three, four miles. And, um, anytime we get out, we, we try to, um, 
we try to work as a team that way. So I'm at a different pace than she is. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to be together. Um, and you know, we have goals. We've talked about what's it going to be. Maybe if something doesn't work, you know, what if, what if we get hurt? What if one of us gets hurt? How do we handle that? Those kind of questions pop up too. Um, and it's, but it's going to be great because this is the first time we've ever been able to do anything together. So I'm really looking forward to it. And um, no matter what the outcome, I think it's going to be an awesome thing for us. And uh, yeah, if, like you said, this is going to be a, a trials and tribula- tribulation, right? If you can so. make it through this, you, the, your marriage is going to last forever because that that this is going to throw a lot of things at you. And just if you're not familiar, listener-wise, if you're not familiar with the last annual Vol State 500K, it's a race across the state of Tennessee. You start uh, in Missouri. Um, you get on a, a – Jeff's going to yell at me. I, I wish Jeff was here because he'd break it all down. But you basically end up in Georgia, but you run across the state of Tennessee kind of in a, in a diagonal fashion um, from like the western – northwestern part of it to the southeastern part of the state of Tennessee. Um, in Rochester, you do not have the humidity and heat that is down here. Have you done anything to kind of prepare yourself for – this sweat box furnace you're going to be in? <laughs> Probably not to the same degree, but I, I did uh, attempt uh, Berkeley Fall Classic last year. So being in September, that, I thought that was hot um, being in that area. Well, so, that's the fall. I Just I want to warn you, that's the fall. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing nothing to that degree. So, I mean, yeah, I've been, there's been talk about doing some sauna training and doing some other stuff. I mean, it gets humid here, but you're right. It's nothing like down there. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, so. Jeff, if he was here, would say get a big floppy hat, you know, one of those big wide-brimmed hats so it can cover, give you give you some shade, and get used to, you know, you probably won't need as much stuff as you think you need, but just getting the things that you need to have. Uh, if You mm-hmm. you know, if you email Jeff or send him a message on Facebook, he'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. We were on a conference call, actually, the, that the – I know Bob Hearn was on and we were talking to him about what he did. And yeah, that was real informative. So there was like all these newbies on the call. Um, there was probably like 30 of us and we were just chatting, chatting and, uh, you know, going through stuff. Oh. And I remember him saying the biggest takeaway I got was I walked more of that race than I ran it. And but Bob, then somebody else, right. Somebody else below him in, a, in the chat then said, yeah, but I don't think anybody was walking the, the pace that he was. Walking. <laughs> right. I mean, By the way, one of my favorite episodes, um, if you've not heard it yet, Bob Hearn, all hail King Bob. It's uh, his breakdown of Vol State from last year where he set the new course record. It's in the back episodes. If you go to adventurejogger.com and just go to back episodes, you'll, you'll find it. Because I, I love the way Bob's mind works. Um, he is such a methodical data guy, and it's kind of cool to see his approach to it. Um, I would recommend, too, the abs, Alan and Beverly, they are. They have run. They run almost everything together, um, and they've done Vol State, and they've done uh, the Heart of the South, and that sort of thing. So, they've had a lot of experience in you know running, running with their spouse, and dealing with all that fun stuff. But ooh, you're in for a treat! Bring it on, man! <laughs> you know, I mean, you just got to tackle these things head on, right? I for mean, sure. I've had a couple of DNFs, obviously, with. Uh, the Barkley Fall Classic didn't kind of go the way I wanted it to because of the rain yeah. and the mud and this, you know, that, that was a, that was a whole other thing. Um, but you know, so I'm ready to finish something hell or high water here. Let's go. What are some of the other races that you've really enjoyed that you've done? Um, obviously like I was saying, uh, a twisted branch was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily ultra, but I, I've done the escarpment trail in the cat skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very difficult, very awesome, very scenic too. Um, 
when you get out there and, and climb these summits. I attempted the uh, Georgia Death Race uh, and got cut at the second age station by two minutes. I was so pissed. But anyway, uh, so then I was like, oh, I'm going to hire a coach now. And so I did. She's fantastic. And um, basically, I trained my ass off for an entire year because I got back into the thing and through yeah. the lottery. And then COVID hit two weeks before. Ah. So I had all this fitness, didn't know what to do with it. Um, so, and then I've done, um, I had to say Heiner 50K is my favorite overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done many on the Jenny, which was amazing. I mentioned before, um, those those are the races so far. I mean, I have other ones I want to ch- I want to check out. It's been mostly Beast Coast. Um, that's kind of where I like to be. Um, but I've also, I also want to try some things maybe out West once in a while, just to kind of see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's all kinds of stuff I can do yet. But uh, you know, I didn't start this stuff till I was like what forty two. So yeah, I mean, really can... till I was forty five. So you know, I'm I gotta get I gotta get it in. You know, so yeah, I'm ready to go. Knock down some of those uh, the, some of those things off your bucket list. Is there a race out east that maybe one of those low key races that not everybody knows about? Doesn't sell out all the time, but it's one of those races that really is just a fantastic race that everyone needs to check out there's there's so many here in rochester and the surrounding areas um i wouldn't say that don't sell out everything sells out right now um i mean i love the cayuga uh trail um 50k um and those races that are in ithaca those are great races that are are going on um i'm doing one in a couple weeks called mind the ducks that actually still sells out it's a one mile loop that goes around on a paved uh course around a pond yeah um how many laps can you do in 12 hours so um that's going to be my simulation for vol state for like a day how what can i do in those 12 hours i just hope it's like super freaking hot you know (laughs) right right. you're super hot or you may have to wear a hoodie like even if it's (laughs) if it's if it's hot already you just put a hoodie on just to simulate that humidity and heat of We're Tennessee like eight layers of clothes you know just just soak it up so, oh I remember yeah. I because I'm not I'm not originally from Tennessee I, I was born and raised in Wisconsin I, and I came down here for work and I remember the first summer that I was down here and it was a humidity that I had never experienced in Wisconsin a heat an unrelenting heat and humidity that never gives up like in the middle of the night you know, because I've, I've had to shift my running. I used to run mainly in the afternoon. Now I, I usually do early morning runs. And so I remember, like, summer's here. It's it's 3 in the morning, and it's still 75 degrees and humid. Because the yeah, humidity just holds that heat for such a long time that, mm. yeah, the sun goes down. And, you know, out west where the humidity is less, the sun goes down, and the temperature just tanks. Where here, the sun goes down, temperature's like, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe I'll go down 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. you know to, to cool you down to cool you down a bit like the, the air conditionings that they have to have here are quite a bit more powerful than the ones that they have even in wisconsin i mean i remember growing up without air conditioning and when i moved down here i'm like i i couldn't live here without air conditioning because just because it's just such an oppressive brutal uh humidity but that being said if you train and get in shape in this heat and humidity there is nothing you can't tackle. Like you are Superman when you go somewhere and it's not like, you're like, Ooh, this is easy running. Yep. You know, it's interesting too. Ryan is up where I'm at. The temperature is always super variable. Yeah. So I think two weeks ago it was like 
low 30s and like freezing like rain yeah and it was awful i did like a i don't know like a six mile run or something in that and it was just miserable and then like the next day it was like 65 just today it was 80 uh upper <laughs> 80s it's like what so so you really don't know i gotta check that freaking weather app and i'm like okay i got all the equipment man but do i need to wear shorts do i need to wear pants or i need to wear a jacket or can I just go out and whatever, you know, it's just, it's just like crazy. So I wish it would just be a little more consistent here. It's probably the worst weather area in the country that way. And I imagine it's that way for anybody at this, this latitude, you know? Oh yeah. You can't get heat acclimated. Um, please promise me when you come South this summer for, for Vol state, you have to go somewhere and get a hunt brothers pizza. Okay. Cause I know, but I, I, I shit on them on the podcast, but Quite honestly, it's the best gas station pizza you could ever ask. So you have to get a you have to get a Hunt Brothers pizza. You have to get a moon pie. Find like a legit moon pie, and you've got to get like a a RC cola, and then maybe some legit moonshine. That has to be like your southern experience. Has to have Vol State moon pie, RC cola, a Hunt Brothers pizza. Oh, some boiled peanuts. You need to find some boiled peanuts. Like get all okay. the delicacies. Okay, definitely we'll have to do that. The so I shouldn't do all this bef- before the race, right? I shouldn't do this all before the race. I'd have the Hunt Brothers pizza before the race. That's good stuff. Okay. That's good fuel. That sticks to your ribs. That's good. That's good fuel. You may want to hold off on the other stuff until afterwards. You might want to celebrate with the with some moonshine. So okay, I'll definitely do that. So so I shouldn't do a bourbon flight the night before a race. I did that once. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it on this one. You know the local five k where you were lighting cigarettes and having a good old time. Yeah, maybe I I would go there. But I would worry about uh, Hunt Brothers Pizza and some water. Drink lots of water, Andrew. You're gonna need it. (laughs) Noted. Are you gonna Are you gonna be uh, taking your camera along with you on Vol State? Okay, absolutely. I try to film everything now um, that I do, and I'm really into that side of things too. With like uh, the video editing piece, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really trying to like grow the channel on my YouTube channel just to kind of document some of this stuff. I know other people do it, but this is my take, and it's it's fun, man. I love it. What made you decide to do that? Um, I've always had an interest in it. Um, I've, I've watched videos. And I see there's a void in some of the videos. Yeah, there's Billy Yang. There's all these other things that are going on, people doing stuff. But some of it wasn't very good. And I'm like, well, let's try to step it up and see what we can make out of this and just point the camera, shoot it. And then it's all in that post-production and stuff. And I just love it. I think it's great. And I try to, like, create stuff. I want to make stuff because that's fun for me. And I want to make stuff that I want to see and that maybe maybe isn't out there already. Well, it's a missing, it's a missing element to have someone who's in the middle of the pack kind of share that middle of the pack experience through their own eyes through their own words a lot of the the trail and ultra running media especially when it comes to the documentaries is a lot of focused on the elite athletes on the people that are winning the thing but what is a middle of the packers experience at utmb tds what is that experience you capture that in your video where you know some of those things you were talking about earlier in the podcast that you were describing like these views that i just i I couldn't believe these things i mean the the crowds you get some of that experience in that video yeah it, it was so surreal and i hope i did my justice in terms of anyone watching you know got something out of that um, I wish I could have shot more. I would, truth be told, there wasn't much daylight in that that I was, you know, shooting. So I got about maybe five hours of daylight, and you got what you got out of it. But I made the most of it, man. Just 
just tried to capture that that in the moment and what a moment yep a moment worth checking out stack runs far all one word that's where you can find him on uh, on youtube if you, if you search andrew stackhouse you'll see stack runs far you can check out his videos of his various races uh best of luck at vol state with your fiance should you just have laz do the ceremony at at the rock at the end <laughs> i i would love that and uh i think my fiance would definitely love that she hasn't met him yet she was jealous the last time i met him um down at uh for a few minutes at, at bfc so um but yeah i think i think we should do that so if you're listening hook us up man <laughs> well i know that I, tennessee does not recognize like for they pass some weird law in tennessee that you have to be like a ordained minister to perform mm. wedding ceremonies because they were tired of people getting their certificate online so you have to like do all this i don't know but he may be able to do that if not i am an ordained minister through the church of light i married my um my, my cousin and his wife i was able to perform that ceremony out in utah by going online and getting a certificate that said that so you know jeff said hey ryan will you be at the finish line i'm just throwing that out there as an option i am an ordained minister i'll check the laws in georgia if that's where you want to go i'm keeping that in mind let's hook up about that okay uh yeah, I'll let her know. Reach so. out. Reach out. If that's what you we'll want, do. I can probably make that happen. How cool would that be? You know? Yeah. Get Why some not? Podcast an idiot marrying you on a rock next to <laughs> an old guy smoking a cigarette. You know? It's not just any podcast, man. It's the best tertiary podcast online for running, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Andrew. I'm feeling that right in my heart. Andrew Stackhouse. You will find him on YouTube. Stack runs far. Andrew, thank you for, for sharing your stories with us. Look forward to seeing what you do at Vol State. Uh, make sure you give Jeff a big old hug when you see him out there. Will do. AdventureJogger.com. Go check it out. That's the website. It has the back episodes I talked about, including the one with Bob Hearn and the abs. You can check that out if you're interested in Vol State. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.